For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori DeSimone. I'm your host, Tori Simone, and today I'm super excited to be doing this podcast today because it's nothing serious today, guys. We're just chit-chatting, and this honestly came about because yesterday, oh, I have to take ibuprofen. I have to talk to you guys about something, but anyway, yesterday I was um, driving, and I wanted to go put on a podcast because I'm in the biggest music route of my life I just unless I'm making a spin playlist I just don't want to listen to music so I was in a huge rut went on my podcast on Spotify because you guys know I think that's the best place for podcasts and I was like I don't want any of my like subscription podcasts that I'm subscribed to I just don't want anything because it's all about like finding your best self and like you know stuff I love and that I preach all the time on this pod But I was like, honestly, I just want like, you know, like when you turn on the TV and you like don't want anything serious, but sometimes you just want like trashy reality TV. Like I want a Jersey Shore of a podcast. So I I, I listen, not saying that they are Jersey Shore of a podcast, but I listened to Impulsive and um, I enjoyed it. So I was like, you know what? I like need to do an episode where it's just like chilled and we're just like talking. So that's what this is. Before I continue, I need to go take ibuprofen and then I'll tell you why I took it. All right, I'm back. So I have this problem and I feel like every week I'm like coming to you guys with a new problem of my body. Like a couple weeks ago, it was like I had shin splints and then it was like my knee or something. I don't know. Now it's actually like a problem. This is day, um, today's Thursday. This started happening Sunday. So day four and I'm a little worried about it. But I'm also trying not to be worried about it. So let me know what you guys think. Oh, 
hang on before I get into that, because you guys obviously need to let me know what you guys think. Um, I just want to quickly say that I temporarily archived the Facebook group for this podcast. Reason being is that it's gotten so big, which is such an amazing problem to have, but it's gotten so big that I actually need help like monitoring it so that it stays about like the podcast and building up as a community. Um, so as soon as I can like get enough help, I'll bring the podcast back or sorry, the podcast Facebook group back. But right now it's just temporarily archived. So if you guys search for it, I don't think you'll be able to find it. Um, but it's just, yeah, it'll, it'll come back. But right now I just like need help <laughs> like monitoring it and like approving people. Cause like I'll get DMS and like, I like applied for it two weeks ago and I haven't gotten in. I'm like, Oh my God, that's literally my bad because I like, I don't really check Facebook that much. So Anyway, I just need more help with it. So it's temporarily archived until I can get more help with the Facebook group. But okay, so if you guys have any like suggestions, DM me. I'd love to read it. And that's typically actually where I read most of the stuff because um, some, some of you guys message me on Facebook. And I like I said, I never really check my Facebook Messenger especially. So um, if you've messaged me on Facebook, I honestly probably haven't seen it. But I check my DMs. So anyway, you guys can DM me what you guys think. But I have a problem. So my ribs and front of my shoulder on my right side hurt every single time I breathe. And it sounds really weird because this has never happened before. I took a COVID test last night, negative. So I don't have COVID. It's also not like a pressure and it's not in my lungs. It's literally my right ribs, the front and back and the front of my shoulder. And it really, really hurts. Like every time I breathe, like you guys might hear me like breathing kind of deeply in this episode. Honestly, it's because I haven't been getting enough breath um, because it hurts like to breathe in a lot. So like the position that I'm sitting in right now is like, okay, uh, I'm like trying to find like the best way for me to sit that like won't actually hurt me. But like when I lay down, it really, really hurts it. It's not a muscle soreness because I'm not sore and I haven't hit my ribs. Like I didn't do anything to injure myself. It actually started on my shoulder very faintly on Sunday or maybe Monday. And I was like, oh, kind of weird. I'm sure it'll go away. And it hasn't gone away. It's actually just like gotten much worse. And then it spread down to my ribs. And oddly enough, last night, Um, I felt it moving from my ribs into like my sternum, like the center of my, my, my chest. It's never reached the left side, but I don't know. It's really weird. If anyone's ever experienced anything like this, let me know. Um, I might go to urgent care or something on like Saturday if it doesn't like get any better. Obviously that's two days ago by the time you guys listen to this episode. So hopefully it will be gone by the time this episode comes out, but it's been like three days and like it hasn't gotten any better. So it's just bizarre. I've never had this happen before. Came out of absolutely nowhere. And like I said, it's not COVID. It's a negative test. And every time I breathe in, it just hurts so bad. I Googled it and um, there was like nothing really on Google about it. It said it's like a swelling or an inflammation of the interior of like my ribs. But why is it going to my shoulder? I I don't get that. And it's the front of my shoulder, not the back, not the sides. It's literally like the front of my shoulder. I don't know. It's very weird. I've never experienced this before, but I just had to tell you guys about it because I tell you guys about all of my injuries apparently. 
Another thing that I want to talk about is that it snowed here the other day and I live in a development where they like shovel for you, which I'm so grateful for because I don't even own a shovel. Like I'm just so grateful that um, I pay a condo fee each month and it goes towards that. So they shovel for me and they like snow plow and stuff. And I'm such like, I looked like the asshole of the neighborhood because my parking, it's like pub, not public parking, but it's like a parking lot in front of your building essentially. Um, but when I say building, it's not like an apartment complex. Like it's a, like you walk up to your door kind of thing. So there's like a public, not public, but there's like a parking lot in front of like the houses. So, um, and they snowplow that. And, you know, we kept getting emails that was like, if you want to move your car so that it's completely plowed out, you can. So I was like, oh, my car is not, not even shoveled out. Like, I'm just going to wait. Well, today I leave my house and all the other parking lots are completely spotless. And so is mine, except for where my car is, because there's snow all around my car. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm literally the asshole of at least my block. Everyone else's car is not surrounded by snow and mine is. So I moved my car um, and they came by and snow plowed it. And now it's cleared out. And I just, I'm not kidding. It was like the biggest relief I felt in a really long time. Um, so that was, that was awesome. Anyway, I just had to tell you guys about it because I felt really bad. Okay, let's get right into today's episode because I'm very excited about it. Because I temporarily archived the Facebook group, I um, asked for all of my questions on Instagram, which my Instagram is at Tori Sterling underscore. And I am so excited to get on to today's questions. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com manifest. 
Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, to light therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. All right, so asking these in no particular order, I'm going to keep all these anonymous as well. The first question is, what's one piece of advice that you would give to your 17-year-old self? P.S. Love the podcast. Thank you so much. So I was actually looking back on like old pictures um, like I frequently do, and I used to screenshot like everything. So I have like a ton of like old text threads in my camera roll. And I would absolutely tell my high school self to just not get involved in any drama whatsoever because in retrospect, like looking back on it, literally none of it mattered and it just made my life harder. Like drama never made my life any better. Um, And most of the time it ended up being pointless because I would still be friends with whoever I was in a fight with or I would get over whatever I was mad about. And I just wish I could go back and just like smack myself on the side of the head and be like, what are you doing? Like, like, don't get upset about something so little. Like I know in the in the moment 
when you're in high school, like everything feels like the end of the world. And like, I sound like my mom because my mom would say that to me all the time. She'd always be like, I know you think like your whole life is like this right now. And like, it so feels like that when you're in high school, but like looking back, I wish I could just smack myself and be like, Tori, like you're such an idiot. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't need to be engaging in stupid drama. Like I remember like there was a fight about how we were going to get to prom between my friends with like a limo or driving or what. And I'm like, this is such a stupid fight. Or there was another time when like someone was mad about like a college and like we were fighting about a college. And I'm like, what am I doing? So I would just love to tell my 17 year old self, like stay out of the drama. It serves no purpose and it doesn't get you anywhere in the world. You're not going to move ahead. You're not going to get a better friend group because of it. Like drama is just so unnecessary. And I'm really happy to say that like now I really do live like a pretty much drama free life when it comes to my friends. Um, Like, of course, like Lindsay and Katie are my sisters. And every now and then I'm like, oh, guys, and I'll just say something bitchy and they'll be like, "Okay, you done? I'm like, yeah, I'm done. But we don't fight. Like, I'm just so happy to like be in a state of my life where I just don't have a drama filled life at all when it comes to friends, relationships, anything. Um, and I just wish I could go back in high school and just like smack myself on the side of the head and be like, don't, don't start or engage in any drama. It's just so not worth it. Just like walk away from it and like, just don't be a part of it. That's what I would tell myself. So the next question is what are my favorite designer items? And I'm actually going to take this on a totally different twist. Um, because this is another thing that I would tell my younger self. I wish I just never spent the money on anything designer to be completely honest. So when I was in high school, that's when I was like really doing YouTube and very committed to it. Arguably that's when I was making the most money from YouTube was definitely when I was in high school and I was just buying like a bunch of like designer stuff because what else is like, what else are you to buy when you're that age and you have money? So I, you know, I like, I'm looking at my right hand right now and I have a Cartier ring on my right hand and I wish I never bought this ring. Like it's like what, an $1,800 ring. Why did I do that? Why did I ever buy that? Like, where would that money have been right now? Would it have still been in my bank account? Would it have burned a hole and I would have bought something else? Like where, what? Like I could have done so much more with that money than buy a stupid ring. And I look up at my closet all the time and I have like just these stupid purses. I don't even wear purses. Like I wish I could, I wish, I mean, of course I could sell them. That's, you know, that's a given, but I just wish I didn't buy them in the first place because like, I don't know, it's, it's good money sitting upstairs in my closet, just collecting dust. And it's not because like, I'm afraid to use it. Trust me. It's not that like, I would literally put it in mud. Like, I don't care. I'm not materialistic is what I'm saying. Like in the sense of like, having nice designer things. Like I'm really not materialistic about that sort of stuff. So like, I'm not afraid to wear the bags and like get a good use out of them. But I just wish I put my money towards something else. Um, you know, like for my 12th birthday, for example, my grandpa got me stocks in Ulta. And I think that's just like, you know, at the time I didn't understand it, but now I'm like, that's such a thoughtful gift, like to get stocks. Like I could have spent you know, the $3,000 that it was to buy Balenciaga and put it in the stock market or do anything, you know? So 
I don't have any favorite designer items because I wish I spent my money more wisely. And, you know, my mom would always like tell me that and I didn't want to listen because I wanted these bags and I wanted these nice things. But I kind of do wish I listened. And I this whole episode so far has been like a your mom's told you so. Um, but yeah, I don't really have anything that's favorite designer. Um, I tell people all the time, like, I wish I just bought a fake Cartier ring on Amazon. <laughs> like, honestly, it looks the same. Um, and who cares if it's real or not, to be completely honest. I don't know. And the only reason I can't, I haven't taken it off is because I don't think I can take it off. Um, it's kind of tight on my finger. So like whenever I shower, I can take it off, but right now I definitely can't. So I don't know. I don't have any favorite designer items. So sorry if that was kind of a letdown, but that's my honest answer. The next question is birth control experiences, question mark, question mark, question mark. Great question. Um, Also, I'm like skipping around and picking like the questions that I am taking an interest in and also questions I'm seeing a lot of people ask. So um, birth control, it's been a journey, let me tell you. So I started birth control when I was um, 16, I think. And for me, asking my mom to go on it wasn't a big deal. Um, my mom and I have always been like very uh, open with one another. So I'm really grateful. I was like, hey, mom, I kind of want to go on birth control. And it, she didn't think that I was like, you know, sleeping with anyone. But it was just sort of like, a, okay, like we'll get you into the gynecologist and you can ask her for it. And I was like, okay. So I'm really grateful that it was a very easy question for me. Um, so I asked to go on birth control and I could, I was 16. So, um, I first started on a pill and, um, it was fine. I think I thought the pill like made me gain weight. Um, but it wasn't the pill. It was just my lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I went on the pill and then I went off of it again for some reason. And then I got a boyfriend. So I wanted to go back on some form of birth control. So I started with the pill, but I was like, I really like, it's so annoying having to like take it at the same time. And I was using a, um, a pill pack that was a little bit bigger in size. Um, so I couldn't put it in like my wallet. So I would always kind of carry around like a little bag. So I'd always have my pills with me because I take my pill at 8 p.m. And I was like, this is so annoying. So I eventually switched over to an IUD and I had Skyla and I got Skyla. I got her when I was 18 and I got her out. I think when I was, um, 19, um, no, I got Skyla when I was 17 because I got Skyla in March, I think, or maybe May. I don't know. I was very early 18, March or May in 2016. And then I got it out in, I think, September or October of 2017. And the only reason she lasts for three years, but the only reason that I got, um, I keep calling her like a her and she's just because the name Skyla. I think it's cute. Um, so I got her out. Uh because I seriously think she made me freaking crazy. Um, I felt like a crazy person on that IUD for a couple of reasons. Number one, I hated not getting a period. I know some girls definitely want that. I'm someone that still wants a period. I like one, the reassurance. And two, I like just kind of, even I know like periods on birth control aren't like real periods. They're typically like a withdrawal. Um, I still feel Feel, I like the feeling of thinking at least my body's doing something sort of natural. 
So I, I do like getting a period on my birth control. So I didn't get that with Skyla and that freaked me out a lot. And I was also just confused. I was like, what's happening? Like, I don't, it was just very confusing to me. And, um, the second reason, like I said, I feel like it made me crazy. Like I would go in these episodes where I would just go full on psychotic for like six hours and I could not stop. Like I would yell, I would scream. I would just be like full on fucking psycho. And I knew that I was being psycho and I couldn't stop. Like I would literally be able to like kind of like step out of my body and look at myself and be like, dude, that's a crazy person. But I couldn't stop. Like it was like, it was the weirdest feeling. And I've never had that since I got my birth control out or my IUD out. So it was crazy. Um, it only happened like three or four times, but when it happened, like I knew that it was happening and I was like, I'm like being crazy right now. Um, and it would be triggered off of very little things, but each time that it was triggered, it was a different occurrence. So it wasn't even like I could control what triggered it. It would just be like something so minor that would completely set me off. So that was crazy. Um, I also thought that my IUD was the reason for me to start bloating a lot, um, but it wasn't because as soon as I took out my IUD, the bloat didn't go away. So that had nothing to do with it. So um, Overall, she's fine, but I just didn't like not getting a period and being a psycho a couple times. Other than that, it was honestly a fine birth control. It just wasn't right for me. So then I went off of birth control for a while and then I like flirted back and on with the pill for a long time, but I never really liked the pill that I was on. I think I was on Yaz. Um, I went back onto the pill over the summer and when I was on it, I was on Yaz and it made me... Um, I think it, I think it was the pill, but it also gave me like these like depressive moments where I was just like very, very tired all the time. Like I would eat and then I would have to go to sleep. So I'd get really, really tired. So I called my, um, my gyno and I was like, this is like, I don't know if this is a symptom, but it's happening. And oh my God, my boobs were unbelievably huge, like to the point where like they were so sore all the time. So I was like, I need to switch birth controls. And now I'm on one that I absolutely love. So now I'm on um, Trilomarza, I think is what it's called. It's a pill. And I absolutely love it. The only side effect that I get is that sometimes my, bo- my boobs will get sore and they swell. But that's not always a bad problem to have when my boobs swell. Not the worst thing to happen. Um, I don't think I've gained any weight on it. I don't feel crazy at all on it. I get a period and I feel very regulated. So I finally found one that I like. I'm on the pill. It's so small, like the actual pack itself that I put it in my little um, wallet that I carry around every day. I take it with me literally everywhere. So every day at eight, it's always with me. Like it's never not with me. So it's really easy for me to remember. It's always with me. And yeah, I also, I'm really diligent. Like I have an alarm on my phone at eight. So every time at eight, when that alarm goes off, I, no matter where I am, I will go take my pill right then and there. Like no shame at dinner in front of anyone who's there, like no shame. Like I'm not messing up my body because you think it's embarrassing that I'm taking my birth control. No, no, no. I'm taking my birth control because this is regulating my hormones and you know, I'm not going to skip it or I'm not going to like be, I won't, I don't even like to be 10 minutes late on my pill. I like to take it exactly at eight. So I'm really good with it and um, I like it a lot and it works for me. But please talk to your gynecologist, see what is going to work best for you. Um, 
And so far, this is what's best for me. The next question is, how did you save or invest enough for your house? So the house that I currently live in is a condo, and I purchased this when I was 18. I moved in December of 2016, so I've been here for four years. I'm into my fifth year, and I'm loving it. I said that one of my resolutions this year was to move, and I think I still want to move, but at the same time, like, I still love this place. So I don't really know what I want to do. But anyway, um, let's see. So I was very fortunate that I was working all throughout high school and I made a good amount of money from YouTube. And I had just like a lot in my savings account. My mom was like, you should really just, you know, invest it somehow. And the whole conversation came up because I was actually looking for an apartment to rent. And then my mom kind of sat me down and like went through all the numbers with me and was like, this is how much your mortgage would be. It would be less than a rent payment. This is how much you have to put down. And this is how much you'd make back from it. So like you would make all of your money back and then some. So is this something that you want to do? And I was like, yeah, no brainer. So Um, I found this condo and I had a very easy buying process. Um, It was actually crazy because this condo like went on the market and by the end of the day, there were three offers, one of mine being one of them and um, mine got it. So it was incredible and I'm so fortunate to have the house. Now, um, I did have enough money to put down, luckily, like the full 20%. However, you don't need to do that. Like I know people that have bought houses and put down 2%. You don't need to put down 20% anymore. Um, if you talk to any lender, they, they'll pretty much tell you that as well. Like you really don't need to put down 20% because, you know, putting down 10% and only sometimes adding on like maybe 60 bucks to a mortgage payment a month is much cheaper than forking out another 10% to meet to meet the down deposit. Um, so when the question is like, how did I save? I was just fortunate that I had good money through YouTube throughout high school. And then I put that down. But to anyone listening to this, if you're interested in purchasing a home, I think that it's a great investment piece. And, um, even if you're living in it or not, I think that property is a great investment. The market is crazy right now. It's completely a seller's market, which means that, If I wanted to put my house on the market, like today, for example, it'd probably be sold by like tomorrow night. So that means as a seller's market, it's like going crazy. So there's not a lot of options out there, Um, but there is, you know, you're guaranteed to like get a sell if you're going to put your house on the market right now. So as a buyer, just know that it's very competitive right now. It's not really a buyer's market. It's, I hope I'm saying all this stuff, right? That's what I'm understanding anyway. Like we're looking at beach houses at the summer because we always, my mom and I, we always just look. And um, I mean, we see one up one day and then the next day it's literally gone. So that just to me says that it's a seller's market. But anyway, um, yeah, you really don't need to put down a ton of money these days anymore towards homes. You can really do like a 2% down payment if you wanted. So um, as long as you can keep up with the mortgage payments, you have good credit, something to uh, take into account. Credit, uh, by the way, I... I know it's like a, might be kind of hard to start earning credit. Um, The way that I started earning credit was I got a Victoria's Secret credit card. I was like 15 or 16 or something. And I probably 16 or 18. I think you have to be 18. I I don't know. 
um, I went to the store one day and they were like, do you want to apply for a credit card? And I was like, yeah, I didn't even know what I was really applying for. Um, uh, but I got approved and I told my mom, I was like, mom, I think I, I messed up. Like, I think I got a Victoria's Secret credit card. She's like, they gave you a credit card. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, oh my God, that's awesome. Cause it builds credit. So I think I bought like a bra on it and then I paid it off and then my credit score was through the roof. So, um, yeah, get like an Ulta credit card, a Victoria's Secret credit card. If you can't get like a big bank credit card. Um, I think the first bank that I got it through was like, ugh, I forget what it's called, but it was like a much smaller bank. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, so you always have to start building credit somewhere. So a lot of banks are aware that people have to start eventually. So, um, start while you're young and have good credit. That's for sure. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The next question is, how's your bloating been? I struggle with it a lot. So girl, I totally hear you. So my bloating has actually gone down a lot and I'll tell you guys why. So, um, there was another question on here that I'll kind of tie into this one too. And it was, how's your binge been binge eating? Um, so much better if not almost completely gone. I can't remember the last time I actually had like a binge which was, which is awesome. And I'm really, really proud of myself. So I'll kind of talk about both. So first of all, I do want to say that my bloating started once I really got into like living a very healthy lifestyle. Once I was off being vegan, because then it was like free reign. And then I had to restrict and restrict and restrict. Once I was restricting, that's when I started binging. And the binging is a big reason for why I was bloating. It wasn't the the whole reason, but it was a big reason. So for me, they're very closely tied. And I was always, you know, going to doctors being like, why can't I stop bloating? It's because I'm eating. I was eating so much. Like I was just having these binges very frequently because I would be constantly restricting myself from types of foods that I would just go crazy whenever I got these foods. Or it wouldn't even be like a certain food. It would be anything that I had in my kitchen that was healthy. I would just eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it because I was so goddamn hungry all the time. 
I was craving sugar or I was craving chocolate and whatever I could get my hands on, if it wasn't actually sugar or actually chocolate or whatever it was, if it was like cacao or something that wasn't the same, I would just eat and eat and eat and eat until the craving was gone. But it never went away because I wanted the real thing. So as soon as I stopped depriving myself from the foods that I wanted to eat, it's truly when I stopped binging. And I'm not going to say that I'm like completely recovered because I'm aware of it and I know that it could come back and I really hope that it doesn't. I'm talking about it as if it's like an entity that like enters my body and like has a mind of its own. And I need to remember that I do control the binges and brain over binge, all that, read that book. But anyway, I need to remember that like I'm the one that's in control of it. But I have noticed as soon as I stopped saying no to foods, yeah, as soon as I stopped saying no to foods, I stopped binging. Um, for example, over the summer, whenever I would eat a breakfast sandwich, I would always be in the back of my mind like, I shouldn't be eating this. It's so bad. You know, this is disgusting. You're going to be in a bikini later. What are you doing? All this sort of stuff. Now, if I want a breakfast sandwich, I have it and I enjoy every damn bite of that breakfast sandwich and I walk away satisfied and full. Before, when I was eating those breakfast sandwiches and shaming myself for it, I walked away hungry and unsatisfied. Now I walk away satisfied and full without guilt because it's what I wanted and I ate it and I fucking loved it while I was doing it. And I'm really proud of myself and that really goes with anything. Once I started saying yes to any food I want, I actually didn't crave many much of my junk food. For example, right now I have a box of cereal in my house. A year ago, I would never have a box of cereal because I knew that if I had one bowl, I would have the whole box. Now I can comfortably say I can just have one bowl of cereal. But the catch is if I want the whole box, I'll sure as hell let myself eat the whole box and I'll enjoy every single bite of it. But I don't want that. Do you see what I mean? Like, I switched my mindset to I can have whatever I want as long as I'm enjoying it. And once you kind of take away the thrill of a food being bad, I didn't want to binge anymore. And I just realized that every binge just made me miserable. And if I wanted to enjoy the food, I had to enjoy it while I was eating it. Because during a binge, I was miserable before it. I was miserable during it, and I was so miserable after it. Now I can eat the same foods that I was binging and enjoy it and just have like one serving. But again, I'm not even like really craving it. Like I I don't have like foods that I would binge on. Like I know some people, are, they're like, oh, for me, it was like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I would like to have pints of it. Not me. Like I would just eat whatever I could get my hands on because I just wanted food. Now it's like not that. Like if I want food, I can get whatever I want. And you know, I've been on a huge burrito kick. If I was like restricting myself and be like, okay, you can't have a burrito every day. You sure as hell bet I would have been binging the rest of the day because I truly wanted a burrito, but I'm restricting myself from it. I've had a burrito for the past 14 days every single day because burritos are my favorite thing in the whole world right now. And I'm not binging. So I'm at a really good place with my food and with my binge. And um, I hope, I really hope it continues. I'm in a really good spot. Um, I'm looking in the mirror and I, I love my body. Like, and I've never really been able to say that, but like, 
I've never appreciated my curves more. Um, I feel so like beautiful in my body and I love my hips and my curves and my waist. And like, I just love how I'm built. And I've never really said that since like putting on weight. And I mean, it's not like I've lost substantial weight. I've definitely lost weight, but it's not because I'm doing anything different. It's just because I've stopped binging. So like, I don't have those extra calories. Um, and I'm only talking like maybe like five to 10 pounds. Honestly, I don't really weigh myself too much because when I do weigh myself, I like kind of will like talk to myself in my head, like, okay, you weigh this much, like do or don't do that. And I don't want to be like that. So I try not to weigh myself, but I've definitely noticed like I've like, you know, my clothes fit a little bit better. So I've definitely like lost some weight and it's just because I don't have the extra calories for my binge. It's not because I'm like eating different or doing a crazy workout or anything like that. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not depriving myself at all, at all. Um, like people ask me all the time, like, are you eating meat? Are you eating dairy? Girl, I'm eating everything. I'm eating whatever the hell I want and I'm enjoying it. Um, and I can honestly say I've like never had a better relationship with food than right now. And, and a better relationship with myself. And I feel really really grateful for having to go through binge and really bad body image to get to this point. So I hope we stay here. I'm going to work on staying here. Um, and we'll continue to have this conversation. And I think it's really, really important. And just know that like when you're in the depths of it, you're in the fucking trenches of it, you can get out of it. Um, but there, it wasn't, I didn't wake up one day and I was fixed. It was years and years and years. And it was, I eventually just taught myself like, it's okay to eat the breakfast sandwich. It's okay to eat the chocolate cake. It's okay to eat three cookies. If I want three cookies, it's all okay. Um, it just very gradually over time happened. And I didn't even notice that I was stopping until I looked back and I was like, I haven't binged in like two weeks. Um, which is how it is personally with me. Like I remember when I was in eighth grade and I was very depressed. And then when I got into ninth grade, I was very happy. Um, I didn't even realize that I wasn't like depressed anymore. I just looked back and I was like, wow, I haven't felt sad in a very long time. So that's, that's how it is with me. Um, when something's out of my, out of my head, I, I don't even think about it. Binge, depression, anything like that. Um, not that I'm depressed. I should not really throw that word around sad. I don't, I don't know what I was. I was just sad, I guess. Um, but anyway, that's how it's always been with me. So that's everything with my binge. Um, second, going back to the bloat. So I attribute a lot of my bloating to my binging because I've been significantly less bloated since I've stopped binging. Um, to go along with that though, there are two other things that I've definitely noticed help a lot. First one is to give my body time to actually digest all of the food. I was someone that was always like told like eat when you first wake up, eat after a workout, like all these stupid rules with food of like eat at this time, but not at this time, but make sure you eat this, but not like shut up. Oh my God. Go back to my first episode. I literally say it. It's in my, it's still in my head, but anyway, it's called I'm confused. Could not be more real. Anyway. Um, so yes, I was never really giving my body time to actually digest all of the food. And now I give myself time. So what that means is when I wake up in the morning, if I am hungry, the first thing I'll do is drink water because I've learned that I used to always mistake hunger 
and thirst for one and the same. So if I wake up hungry, first thing I do is drink water. If I'm still hungry, I go downstairs and eat. If that fixes the problem and I'm like no longer hungry, then I just know that I was thirsty. So then I'll typically um, drink water, come downstairs and have an iced latte. Now in the past, I used to be afraid of milks and creamers because everyone told me that was bad for me in the morning. Well, here I am drinking milks and creamers and I still live to tell the tale and I haven't gained weight from it. (laughs) So um, take that for what you will. I've learned to stop being afraid of food is essentially what I'm getting at. So I make my iced latte every single morning. Um, I just do two shots of espresso and then I do Khalifa Farms um, almond milk, vanilla milk. And I feel that it's probably about like a half a cup of milk. Um, And then I just top it off with a little bit of nut pod creamer and I love it. It's so good. So coffee, I think we all know this is somewhat of an appetite suppressant. I don't take it for that reason. Um, I'd honestly just look forward to that drink every day. I think it's so good. So once I have my coffee, some days I'm good until like, honestly, until I'm hungry, which depends. Some days that's 8am. Sometimes that's 10am. Sometimes it's 11, but I always try and eat by like at least noon because I know myself and I know that like if it's noon and I still haven't eaten, I get shaky. And then I'm kind of in this like survival mode where I'm like, what's around me? I'll eat anything. And then I kind of get back into a mindset that I don't like where I'm like, okay, I'm really hungry. So I should eat this, but I shouldn't eat that because it's all that bullshit goes into my head. So I know to eat by at least like the latest, like 1130. Um, but I typically get hungry around like 10. Um, but sometimes like, like I said, I'll drink my coffee and I'll be starving as soon as I'm finished it. So then I'll just eat. I eat when I'm hungry. And that I found has given me a lot of time to actually digest my food. Intermittent fasting is something that I used to do that I no longer do because again, that gave me that whole restrictive mindset of like, I can't eat until it's 12. That's bullshit. I can eat whatever the hell I want. So I, um, as long as I'm giving myself time to digest, I try and go like 12 hours from the time I last ate. I find that 12 hours is like my magic number. So if I'm done eating by like eight, then I don't eat again until at least eight, which is fine because like I said, I typically don't get hungry until 10. Um, but if I like am done eating at nine, then I just wait until like nine. But like I said, if I'm hungry at like 845, I'll eat at 845 in the morning. So I'm not perfectly strict with it, but I find that 12 is like typically my magic number. So allowing my body to digest my food and also along with that raw fruits and vegetables really don't work well with my body, which I've known for a while, but I never wanted to accept that fact because everywhere on the internet always says like, oh no, like you should be eating lots of fruits and vegetables. But every time I do, my stomach's a freaking balloon. And I was like, "Mm, this sucks. So, um, somewhere over like the holidays slash quarantine, I like wasn't eating as much fruit and vegetables. And I was eating more like processed food, like oatmeal, rice, um, pastas, um, just like not really fresh foods. And I noticed that I wasn't bloated. Like I'd be eating like cookies, cake, brownies, like whatever I wanted. And I wasn't bloated. Um, and it was because I didn't have like any fruit and vegetables in me. So I've realized that if I want to eat fruits and vegetables, I can only eat some fruits. So for me, 
berries really work well for me. So like strawberries and blueberries work really well for me. Um, and like cantaloupe works well for me and watermelon, but like, um, bananas don't work well for me unless they're in a smoothie and they're blended up mango. I used to love snacking on mango. doesn't work well for me unless it's blended up papaya. I can eat raw. Amazing. But it literally, it's like, it's a, it's a digestive enzyme. So, I mean, as soon as I eat it, it's, it's right back out. So it's kind of pointless to eat it, but I love it anyway. I'll eat it all the time. Anyway. Um, so yeah, like there's certain fruits that I can eat as long as they're like blended into a smoothie apples I can eat as long as they're cooked. So like if I put them in like oatmeal, that's really good. But a raw apple like makes my stomach completely blow up. And just know that like sometimes like I don't care. Like sometimes I'll eat the apple knowing that my stomach will blow up and I don't really care. Um, but if I like know that like I'm going to like, I don't know, be in a bikini later and like I don't want a stomach to be bloated or if I'm going to be in like a tight dress, which like when am I ever going to be in a tight dress? But for, you know, the sake of this conversation, let's say I'm going to be in a tight dress. I know not to eat an apple because I'll be bloated. Um, that also goes with some vegetables like raw bell peppers. They have to be cooked in order for me to digest them well. Same with, I just avoid Brussels sprouts at all costs now. I, that was a really hard pill for me to swallow because I did not want to avoid them. I loved them. Broccoli sometimes does it for me if it's not cooked well. Like I can eat broccoli raw, which I don't do, but I can, but I try not to. I haven't for a very long time, but if it's cooked properly, I can eat it. Um, but Brussels sprouts, uh, uh-uh, it's game over. That's literally four days of a bloat that doesn't go away. Like my mom the other day made me like these like poached eggs and Brussels sprouts. I was like, mom, I love you, but I'm, I can't eat these Brussels sprouts because I had them the other night for dinner and I'm just now getting over the bloat for it. I'm not going to do it again. Cause that's like eight days of being bloated and I just don't want that. So yeah, a bloat doesn't ruin my day. Like it used to anymore because I'm human and <laughs> like what more could you want from me? Like I'm just very lenient on myself these days and I, I like where I am with my headspace, with my body and myself and my food and all that sort of stuff. It's definitely growth if you ask me. But um, anyway, I definitely find out like what foods worked for me. So the two things that helped with my, three things that helped with my bloating was getting my binge under control for sure. The second was giving my body time to digest. And the third was eliminating the raw foods that I know don't really work for me. But blended up mango in a smoothie does work for me. Just want to throw that out there because I love a green smoothie with banana, blended of course, frozen kale, spinach, frozen um, mango, and coconut water. So good. Also pineapple, I avoid at all costs. Even pina coladas, I love them, but oh lord, do they do damage on my stomach. Okay, this is a fun question, and it's what's your favorite Taylor Swift song slash album? All right, so this is fun because I used to be the biggest Taylor Swift hater in the whole world. I was so anti-Taylor Swift, like to the point where like when her first song, Teardrops on My Guitar, dropped, I would scream when it came on because I hated it so much. Over the summer, Lindsay and Katie were like, Tori you need to get on the wave. And I was like, I don't know. So one day I was driving back from the beach. I listened to all too well and I loved it. So I'm officially a stan. Um, I love Taylor Swift. She was actually my top artist of 2020, which was crazy. And my top song was all too well. So I'm going to say all too well has to be one of my top faves. Um, my favorite album that she's ever put out is definitely folklore. I think it's so beautiful. Katie's going to listen to this and say evermore. I like Evermore, but I got to be honest, folklore really talks to me and it really speaks to me and it really hits me so hard because it came out when we were in Sea Isle 
and it just brings back amazing nostalgic memories and the words on that album was literally everything that I was going through at the time so yeah so though that that's definitely my favorite album of all time for my favorite songs for Taylor Swift I definitely like a couple so I typically tend to like her sadder songs so I really like you are in love um from her 1989 album I think that's just like the cutest little song I really like you are in love I also really like everything has changed from red um, I also like This Love on 1989, and I love The Last Time from Red. That's a really, really good song. Um, and then on Folklore, God, Folklore is so freaking good. Okay, so hands down, my favorite, favorite, favorite song on Folklore is August. God, okay, August hurts me so much more than I can even explain because I feel like I was August girl. Okay. And sucks to admit, but I feel like I was her. Um, and that's not a fun feeling. So like when August girl sing it, I'm like, fucking sing it, girl. It hurts me so bad. Um, August really does slip away like a bottle of wine. It, that song goes so crazy. I can't even explain the passion that, oh my God, it's so good. So August is probably hands down my favorite Taylor Swift song ever. My second favorite song on Folklore is My Tears Ricochet. Now, this was sneaky for me. It definitely was not my favorite until I watched um, the Pond Sessions of Folklore on Disney+. Plus, and then I really was like, okay, this is, this is it. My Tears Ricochet is so under-talked about and so good. I have chills on my whole body talking about this song right now because it is so good. My Tears Ricochet is an anthem of any breakup. Any breakup. It's an anthem. Oh my God, that song is so good. Oh my God, I can't even explain how good that song is. So My Tears Ricochet is definitely my second favorite. Third favorite, Betty. This song was sneaky. Let me tell you what. I didn't like Betty until I understood the whole cardigan August Betty drama that was going on there with like James and all and Betty and August girl and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that was really once I realized that I was like, oh, shit, like this is. Oh, my God. If a boy told me that he slept next to a girl all summer long, but thought of me. I would not be flattered. I would light him on fire. To put it simply, I would light him on fire. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Every time I listen to Betty, I'm going to get riled up. Every time I listen to that song, I hate James and I love him all at the same time. When he was like, oh, and he's like so apologetic. He's like, you know, Betty right now is the last time I can like see her. Oh my God. Like there's just so much that goes through my head where I'm like, come on, Betty, give him one more chance. But at the same time, I'm like, James isn't shit. Don't give him anything. But and then I feel bad for August girl because here she is thinking James is going to call her when he gets back to school and she's apolog and he's apologizing to Betty. Oh my God. What a drama. Oh my God. It's such a good, oh my God. If I want to get angry and fall in love all at the same time, I put on Betty. I put on Betty. Oh, it's good. I also like Cardigan um, just because it's part of the whole universe of, 
you know, James, Betty, um, and August girl. So I do like cardigan. It's definitely one of my faves, but it's not like a top T Swift song for me. It's definitely a bop for sure. Super cute. Um, but I can relate to like, you know, being an old cardigan again and you know, good things always come back to you. I get that. I get that. I appreciate it. So I'm definitely into that. I also really like Mirrorball. A lot of people don't like Mirrorball, but I do. I relate to the song a lot. I think Mirrorball is really cute. Another one that I also really like is Illicit Affairs. Listen, I like every song on this album. I really like Illicit Affairs because I think that there's a lot of ties to James and August Girl to Illicit Affairs. Like, planned destined meetings turn into like you know like meetings in parking lots like hello that's definitely talking about August so there's a lot of meanings in illicit affairs I think that personally tie back to like James and August girl which to me brings it back to like the whole universe of them and I'm just like ooh, this is like spicy and like I can't believe I'm like reading this so anyway um like I can't I feel like I'm like reading someone's text messages um so yeah, I really do like illicit affairs and also I like invisible string just because that just like to me it's like that whole thing of like fate and like how cute is it like fate is just really a cute thing <laughs> and um it's very comforting so I like that she has a song about fate and just like if you're star-crossed lovers and like you're meant to be like you will come back like regardless like there's always an invisible string tying you to me and I think that's just really really cute so yeah very long answer but I'm passionate about Taylor Swift so but definitely number one fave is August and the song that gets me the most wound up is definitely Betty fuck James but I love him at the same time all right I think we're gonna end the pod there I think this was a pretty solid episode guys thank you I think I only answered about like four or five questions I don't know I feel like they were kind of long though um I'll definitely do another one of these in the future I really like just reading what you guys are interested in um you guys are really the best so I definitely appreciated this absolutely love you guys I hope you have an amazing Monday enjoy your week I'm thinking of you and want you guys to have the absolute best day of your life because you deserve to have the best day of your life